welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. We have no producer Brian in the background, so unfortunately, guys, you'll notice that we have taken off uh, the call segment. Uh, unfortunately, we, we are we producerless. We 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 dropped the phone lines, so it just we got the chat. Join yes. the chat. <laughs> Everything stuff chat. in the chat. Send your comments in the chat. Tweet whatever. Smoke signal. We'll even take smoke signals. You know, um, Ted and John here coming back from a break, so we might be a little bit rusty. John, how how was your how was your international break vacation? Man, I learned to knit. Uh, I I mastered the art of motorcycle maintenance. I did a lot of great things. <laughs> Actually, I don't really know. I think I just kind of did what we normally did, but we got a chance to uh, not be talking about soccer for one weekend. But I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we have uh, we've got some on the field stuff and much more off the field stuff to talk about which is really yes. you know our i think that's our bailiwick i think if any <laughs> if any it's 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 messy drama off the field that's sort of where we thrive yep that that's where we uh that's where we gain our 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 most how we made our name was through drama let's be let's be 100% uh 100% clear of this uh gregory i'm not theodore by the way i'm just going to go ahead and drop that out there uh, well, nor my jonathan but you know uh, <laughs> gregory has been a longtime supporter so if he wants to call us theodore and jonathan you can keep doing that gregory it's fine no problem don't worry about it <laughs> I'll let you guess which actual uh, nickname of Ted I am. That that would see, but Jonathan Jonathan's easy. You know, people people say Theodore, and I get uh, and I get I get a little bit. I'll, I'll let you guess, Gregory. It's, it's a guessing game. It's a guessing That's game. Right. You, you could probably right. you could probably figure it out. Yeah, I'm probably out there. Google Google exists. Um, Google exists. Ted Ward's a good guess, by the way. Um, but let's uh, first first I do want to say how I spent my my week. Um, yeah, man. I played a wonderful game called Psychonauts Two. Basically, the entire night and tweeted about it. It is and you were you were adding. It is excellent. Everyone should go play it. No, not right now. Watch the show. Enjoy the show. Listen to the podcast. Keep listening to the podcast. Get all the way to the end. Go play Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 is incredible. Great game. Totally fun. Uh, best best game. It, it's just nice to play a game that's just a game. It's not like trying to be bigger than it is. It's not trying to be cyberpunk, which was like, oh, we're going to promise all these things and deliver maybe like half of them, you know, after after patches. It's just nice to play a fun game. Uh, it has Elijah Wood in it. it. Has Jack Black apparently makes an appearance in the game too. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Go play it. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk soccer. Uh, let's. <laughs> John's no, looking at me like, can we no, please talk have, soccer? <laughs> no, let's have more video game hour. I think that's a good idea. We're on but, Twitch. We're on Twitch. We should be talking. True. We should be that's talking true. video games. I, I feel like it would be a mistake for me not to draw attention to my very cool uh, jersey that I got as a result of uh, Angus, friend of the show, tipping me to. A jersey available in Poland in my size on a website I had never heard of, uh, and then I got it got here in like a week and a half, and they sent me candy with it too from from Poland. So uh, big win there, gotta say, uh, big W for the, the the motherland of Poland and and me. Anyway, back to soccer, back DC to soccer, United. back to soccer, DC United. Let's first let's first. Uh, we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk at least a little bit, at least briefly mention the U.S. national team. Yeah. <laughs> in which I say, uh, everybody, calm down, relax, breathe. Three games is not a not an indictment on uh, on uh, on 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 the U.S. soccer talent pool. It's not an indictment on anything. It was three games. Everything's fine. The team the team did enough. Uh, they are they are in good position to qualify. They're going to qualify for the national team. Ain't a hard look great by the way. Ain't a hard blew up both Canada and uh, and and. Uh, his, and, and and the United States as well. <laughs> his, his his agent is calling uh, DC United and saying, 
folks. <laughs> this team option next year is not going to cut it. We need to figure out a way to make me uh, get my agent some cash. So, yeah, he looked great. All, all I know is myself and every other decent NFL watching was just holding their breath and saying, how do we not? <laughs> please don't get hurt. Please, please <laughs> do not get hurt. Every player, every player, every player. Uh, Junior Moreno, uh, Edison Flores, Annie Nahar, please don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did. They all, as far as we know, as far as we know, cross your fingers. There's not going to be something, some weird thing that's going to come out. They all made it back unscathed. So a, a spot of good luck con- compared to how other mo- how the international windows tend to go for us. Uh, but yeah, Annie Nahar was great. Uh, the U.S. men were not so great, but they did enough, and that's sometimes that's okay in, in World Cup uh, in World Cup qualifying. The, the goal is to qualify. The goal is to qualify. Uh, I, I I had to actually like just physically remove myself from like. Facebook groups dealing with U.S. soccer. I I, I think wise with, to begin with. Yeah. I I got out of my uh, the uh, the ML the you know the uh, U.S. soccer groups the American Outlaws group. I left. I was just like you know what I just I just I can't I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this overreaction on three on three games. Uh, yeah. And somehow that's an indictment of everything. Um, but anyway, uh, transitioning. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk DC. Let's talk uh, DC coming back. One-one draw in New Jersey. Uh, a game we saw, I'd say, about seventy to seventy-five percent of. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. That's about right. <laughs> That's I think about right. Call that someone called that Flow Sports flashback, but free. Uh, they didn't have to pay online to get it, and I think that's that's at least true. No, I mean, you didn't I, pay an I, annual fee for it. I paid for cable with the with the understanding well, well. <laughs> that I would be able to watch the games. Now, again, I'm not you know I'm not one of those people that's going to get mad or get upset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and assume that I, I think our uh, our compatriots abroad at DC United UK James uh, was dealing with the same thing. So what what you have to understand is. Uh, and, and I think um, I think both Devin and Dave have kind of brought this up in various interviews about the broadcast is that they don't they don't they don't have the cameras or like the direct connection. They are literally pulling they are pulling a feed that MLS produces. Now, I'm not sure whether it's MSG is like producing it, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure how it works is MLS literally pays a group to go out and film these games. And then the feed is kind of the feed is kind of just pulled in by the various networks. So something was down there. MSG looked okay. I think there wasn't any complaints I heard um, about MSG being down. So it was something with that sort of outside feed that CSN, the other international partners who want to broadcast the game, use to kind of pull in that feed. I'll be very curious to watch the um, a lot of the use. Uh, and we got a uh, <laughs> RFK John surprise subscribing with Prime. <laughs> That's a, Wonder that's who a, that is. That's a good name. That's a good that, name. That's a that's a hint for every, all of you uh, who who subscribed last month with Prime and want to keep supporting the show. Uh, hit that resubscribe twenty uh, percent off button. Go down, click, uh, sub, use your Prime subscription. Really appreciate it. Love the support. Yep, absolutely. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, so so the broadcast issues um, overall, though, I guess I guess some some general thoughts about the game. It was an ugly game. Last time, uh, the last time. Uh, DC United played Red Bulls on the home. It was another ugly game. Uh, Red Bulls do not like to play this game called soccer. They like they like to just uh, go balls out. Now let's, let's let's talk about the first goal. Um, the first goal, uh, obviously Donovan Pines coming back from injury, Paul Riola coming back from injury. Good to see them. Uh, I, I would say of the two, Donovan Pines looked the looked the more more rusty. Let's let's get into the um, let's get into let's get into the uh, into the um 
let's get into the I'm going to transition a little bit. Let's get into the uh, uh, the goal. Uh, Donovan Pines receives the ball and just gets kind of bounced off. Uh, but I think Yearwood was the guy. Uh, maybe a foul. But other I, I I doubt that. I just don't I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't have called it a foul. I don't think. It was shoulder to shoulder. And I mean if you're if you're muscling Donovan off, then uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I, even if it was a foul, I, I don't think you can take that off of VAR. And and either way, Donovan Pines has to be stronger. He has to be yep. stronger, he has to be able to hold that up, he has to be able to stand that up. Um, he can't be expected to get the foul because he put his team in a bad position. Now, I think otherwise the defensive um, Stand-up was not good. I think they, they allowed basically Yearwood to have a pretty much a wide-open shot. Um, I think Drew Scundrich, who had, I think, probably of – Donovan Pines, I think, improved throughout the game. I think he, like, won some, like, accolades. He kind of, like, kind of dusted himself off and, and really showed some growth through the rest of the game. He was, he was fine the rest of the game. Even, I think, had some good defensive moments. Um, so I think, I, think the, I think maybe that mental side of him just needs, you know, to continue to develop. Uh, but I think the physical attributes are all there for him. Um, and, uh, and when you look at, uh, when you look at, but we look at that goal, you look at the rest of the goal, uh, not enough, I think, pressure on the ball. This is where I think everybody talks about any Nahar's ability to sort of dribble the ball, break pressure. Uh, but defensively, he's very, very good at kind of just closing down that space and not really allowing other defenders. Uh, you're not going to see that from Tony Alfaro. You're not going to see that from, from Fred Brilliant, uh, too much. Uh, very much uh, any Nahara's ability to be kind of a pest out there in defense and really close space and not allow opportunities is something. And because he because he knows he gets that ball, he's going to go dribble and try to create an opportunity. Um, yep, Donovan Pine's actually man of the match according to the Foot Mob. So your <laughs> your uh, your 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 uh, statement that he got better throughout the match uh, supported by data. Uh, I thought Paul actually looked pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I think that that comes that happens oftentimes after after a long layoff. Uh, I just wish I wish we had seen the goal, and then uh, I think we sort of alluded to it. The match uh, played out sort of like you could assume, unless DC was going to go and throw caution to the wind, and maybe and maybe score, uh, and they go for that win. That was the only way they were going to lose. I think they were just two. They were just two monsters smashing into each other uh, yeah. like over and over again for the rest of the, for the, all of the second half. But I think that that we, we've complained about uh, the naivete of the team earlier in the season to not take those points when they're available on the road. So we can't be upset about it at all. It just was not an aesthetically pleasing match to anybody. I think that that's pretty much, I think that's pretty much concluded. Uh, the players all, you know, afterwards all on, on Instagram and everywhere else seemed pretty pleased uh, with the result that they, that they got. So take that for what it's worth. They've got two games here in the next seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's really, I think they were able to, they didn't really rotate that much. Uh, I was sort of I was close to their first choice eleven, or or was their first choice eleven with injuries uh, accounted for? Um, so I, I I would I would maybe have a little bit of a disagreement with that. I would say uh, maybe you see Flores slot in there, Junior Moreno. He wasn't available. None of another one. I'm talking about for this match, they weren't available. Right, right, right. But yeah. I'm saying you're saying you were saying first choice eleven. I, th- I think there were some players. I think Junior Moreno being out there, uh, potentially being out there if he wasn't. You know, you, you were saying first choice. I'm saying I'm I mean, saying of, there were available. players still missing from. Yeah, this. I'm saying I'm saying from that game who they had available, they threw their best players. Okay, the field. fair enough. Yes. them. Got you, got you. Um, but yeah, I think I think what what was what is becoming more and more obvious um, is again we, we talk about Nani Nahar how much he means to that team, his ability to sort of break pressure. I thought that was kind of missing 
Um, they don't really have another player that can kind of take the ball out of the back and shift it up to midfield and sort of draw players in, which can open up for other opportunities. They're very, uh, very direct. And, and it was a really ugly game. I, I will say one thing that kind of that kind of struck me about this game is, is, is you have two teams. You have DC and Rebels that are playing somewhat of a similar style. They, they all want to press. They don't want to have the ball. They want to press. They want to you know, attack, they want to move direct when they get the ball. They don't want to, you know, pass and move. They don't want to control possession or, you know, play ticky-tacky soccer. But when DC got the ball, they seemed to have a better idea of what they wanted to do. They wanted to feed it. You know, they get it to the middle. They try to maybe look for an outlet pass out to Kamara making a run or to Jordi Reyna making a run. Or they look out wide to uh, to either uh, Kevin Paredes or Julian Gressel. And Julian Gressel... Um, I thought he was okay, but he still has this ability just to play. He played at least a couple balls in, including the 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 Urena miss and the and the a header that Kamara. Uh, I think Kamara got a little bit of flack for that. I think the deflection kind of threw that ball a little bit off. I think it, it it caused it to lose some momentum. That I think if it if it continue if it hadn't been sort of deflected, I think it, it hits Kamara's head and maybe that's a goal. Um, I think the deflection kind of threw that off a little bit. Um, Not nearly as bad of a miss as the Reina miss. Yes, and even yeah, that 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 that's the one, the slam dunk. The other one, I think that was a time, like you said, a deflection caused a missed timing for the header, and then what are you gonna do? Uh, but overall, overall, I think I think like SMC Ultra said, uh, they hung, they didn't hang on for the point they were pushing for the for the wind. Can't complain about the effort. Yeah, I think you can't. I think we're 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 pleased with the point, and I think that we we now have opportunities. Uh, at least one. We have an opportunity for a win on Wednesday. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, a team not really looking as uh, as soft as they did maybe earlier in the year before the coaching change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we're not doing a full a full preview. But just suffice to say, uh, DC won uh, two nothing and one one and drew one one against Chicago earlier in the year. And Chicago are one and three in their last four, whereas Atlanta is three and one in their last four. And Gonzalo Pineda was the coach of the week last week. A name you will remember. Uh, if you are a DC fan, because he was almost our coach, I don't think we can regret the way this went. This turned out. I think good for good for him. Good for Atlanta. Good for us. I think. I think uh, Ted, you have a you have an insight on what uh, uh, Ernan's old team is up to. <laughs> yeah, Be- Beershot is uh, is bottom of of, of the Belgian league oh. right now. Uh, no wins out of eight Ooh. now. I think they just lost to St. Trudent. I, I just I turned on the game because I was flipping through, you know, while at work looking for something in the background. I saw, oh, St. Trudent's playing Beer Shot. Well, that has some, like, DC connections I wouldn't have thought about, you know, five years ago that I'd be watching these games. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but uh, but but uh, fun times. I think uh, uh, Chris Durkin's still out there playing, getting minutes. I'm, I keep wondering, like, when someone's going to talk about him. I guess he's just not. Nobody. Yeah. You, listen, you play you play in a backwater in a position that isn't a goal scorer. It's very hard yeah. to get recognized, particularly if you're not playing for your national team. And he's not. Ceylon uh, fourteen. Just to uh, to close back on this, it made me laugh. Uh, it says how quickly we grow accustomed to wonders. Gressel had more than a few ethereal crosses. It is true. His, yes, he is a. Uh, he's he's becoming Bill Hamid, in the in the perspective that we expect him to do well. Mm-hmm. And and if he does well, it's not like Julian played really well. It's Julian played how he always plays. Mm-hmm. Bill made a save to win to to to, to save points. That's just what Bill does. Yeah. So unfortunate for him, but is the case. 
uh, also, uh, I think Klon 14 says, my thoughts on Drew was that he was very okay. Moses had higher, I think they were talking, discussion in the chat about whether Moses would be a better fit than uh, in that game than Skundritz. Um I, I was a little bit hard on Skundritz. I think, during the game. I, I don't think he was terrible. I think in the first half he was getting overrun a lot in that center of the field, and DC really wasn't able to. They were bypassing that center of the field a lot. Um, I mean, I thought, you talk about another player who I think we just expect now, we expect Russell Knauss to go out there and, and deliver a lot of high energy, win the ball. I thought he was kind of keeping that um, that Red Bulls team in check and, and, and not really allowing them to get much possession. Uh, but every time Skundred got the ball, Red Bulls just kind of collapsed on him and he really didn't have a good sense of how to get out of that pressure. Um, not like a player like you would see from maybe Junior Moreno. Um, so I'll be interested to see him back. I, I sort of like I sort of like Skundrich. I, I, I don't necessarily like him. As a spot starter, he's fine. But I, I really more like him uh, in that higher position, either as a, a reserve winger just to kind of bring some energy uh, to the field. Um, I don't necessarily like him in sort of that center of the park um, type avenue. Um, I, I wanted to there – were, there were a couple of things I wanted to highlight. Uh, do, do you blame John – there was some discussion of whether John Kempton deserves blame for the goal. I, I am not one of those opinion. I, maybe He gets caught no, flat-footed. The marking was bad. Yeah, Donovan Pines getting pushed off the ball was bad. I think of of the errors that occurred for that goal to uh, happen, uh, his was the the least. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's my take anyway. Yeah, you agree? I, I agree. I'm I'm not I'm not really sweating his position mostly because also I'm I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that Bill's going to be back uh, for Wednesday. We'll see. Um, I think maybe maybe you see him get another week of rest. Um, I think maybe the COVID, maybe it hit him a little bad. But, I mean, the good news is, the good news is, is that, uh, according to Pablo Maurer, uh, 100% of D.C. United's players are vaccinated, which is very, very good to see in a in another team, which we'll get into. Unlike Loudon. <laughs> unlike Loudon, unlike uh, another team, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, I think that that is, that is extremely good to see it and good on the leadership, uh, you know, it, it, good on the leadership for pushing that. Um, or maybe it was the players doing it themselves. Either way, uh, it's very, very good to see. Um, that that players stepped up, got vaccinated, you know, got themselves into a position where they where they could continue to be successful. And the fact that we had you know one player catch COVID in Bill Hamid, and then we've had zero positive cases since, I think speaks a lot to to how to how Science. important it is to get vaccinated because <laughs> you can you can eliminate those things. Um, yep. But uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was a couple other things I, I did want to sort of um, touch on the game. I thought the second half was obviously a lot better. Um, Obviously, and I think I think I and I, I remember I remember what I, what I wanted to do. I wanted to get back to what you said. Uh, when people were saying, "Do they did they really press the game?" They pressed the game, but I thought they were. They, it wasn't old, you know, go 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 press. It was very much a selective press. It was almost like they knew we're going to get, and you could feel it. I could feel the game like they're gonna get one opportunity here that I think they can to sneak to maybe sneak three points, and if they don't, it's gonna be one point. And that opportunity came to itself when with the already ran across. I think what we're seeing from this team uh, is a recognition that we are we are talented enough that when we have enough skill, we have enough idea of what we want to do, that we don't need to be hurried to go out and press the game and, and to do it on the road when we're in a position that benefits us more than the other team. We can kind of sit back. We can we can be be smart about when we press. And we're going to get an opportunity. And if we bury it, then you know we're going to we're going to steal three points. Um, really, uh, it, I mean, talk about like the Red Bulls. I mean, they they have this whole brand and identity. They they bring in this coach 
they, they fired Chris Armis and they brought in this coach that was supposed to be, we're going to play energy drink soccer. And uh, you look at the, the way the team's playing. You look at the crowd that was there at Red Bull Arena. Uh, when you can make out the Red Bull logo in the center of the field. Not good. Not good. Uh, not not good at all. What like I, I know we're, we're DC fans. We want to you know make fun of Red Bull, but I, yeah. I guess I guess I'm a little bit I'm a little bit upset because I I kind of thought okay DC is getting better, you know Red Bulls are are going to be you know they're going to have that system. Maybe they can you know continue to be at the top of the league. Maybe that's something that can kind of kind of restart this rivalry and really get it going again. Um, honestly, now I'm thinking like maybe this is going to be a complete reversal. Maybe DC is going to rise. And then, uh, and New York's going to fall, and it's going to be a flip flop of what we've seen in the last ten years. And uh, the rivalry- certainly a lack of investment by yeah. Red Bull. They 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 are not trying in that respect. They're not trying to uh, spend money to get uh, fans through the turnstiles with with a name that they know and recognize. The the, the Tim Cahill, Thierry Henry, uh, you know, pick a name. Uh, days of Red Bull are are over. Over and gone. All the all the attention from uh, the energy drink uh, headquarters is in in Europe now. Uh, that's that's where they're spending their time, their money, yeah, uh, their attention. So su- sucks to be any New York soccer fan right now. I, <laughs> on either side, I think both both uh, this is the downside, right? When you attach, you know, MLS is already what it is, right? MLS is not really independently owned uh, clubs where they have that. It's all it's all operators, it's all investors. But when you go a level beyond that, an abstraction beyond MLS as a unit to a conglomerate that has a bunch of teams and cares about your team only so much as they want to have a presence in your market for their other properties, this is what can happen. Uh, and it's not it's not great for the league for certain to, to have New York not really try so much on that on that on that side on on the make a splash marquee side dc is dc right we're we're sort of forgotten in many ways both you know geographically and then from a national perspective on how we have not been a winner for a long time but if you're in la if you're in new york if you're in miami uh you can't you can't just like skirt by and and just like well we're just gonna build a winner by uh red bull too that'll be the way we'll do it yeah well i mean i think i think you can you can. I feel like soccer is a different. I think you can do those things, but you, you got to go out and win. You got to play entertaining soccer. And right now they're not doing it. I think if they were better, you would see more fans, maybe at that stadium, at least coming out. It, it wouldn't be as it'd be, it'd be disappointing, maybe, but wouldn't be as embarrassing. Um, I think in a city like New York, though, where you have infinite levels of other options you can do, even like yeah. on the soccer level, but even in every single sport. The U.S. Open was just this last week. Like, there's the the premier level of sport things are happening there, and I don't want to say the Knicks are premier level anything, or the Giants or the Jets uh, or the Mets, but certainly there are so many options anywhere you go for a geographically compact area. L.A. L.A. sort of similar, so that's that's why to be relevant, MLS has to. That's why they always throw so many bones to L.A. and New York. It's like, how can we tip the favors in in their direction so that we can capture more eyeballs in this major market and they're not trying right now so they're not doing it anyway i think they're i i think i think uh there's a lot of spirit stuff to cover and i want to make sure we i want to yep. make sure we get on into all that yeah oh so, boy oh boy, yeah, oh boy. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be nice if we could just talk about a game we could just talk about oh great we, uh, what 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 type of awesome stuff trinity robin was do it was gonna do we i feel like it's been forever since week. the spirit played even though it's been like a couple weeks like 
It's it's been it's ugh. I, I I don't I don't know what to say anymore. I really don't. I'm out of things to say, as far and I, I'm gonna talk for the next. I'm about minutes. to say we're gonna talk. Though. We're gonna talk, but I'm out of like I'm exhausted by it. It's exhausting. It, it really is. John, you uh, yeah. talk talk a little. I'll let you start off. I, I let off the the DC conversation. You you can lead off the spirit. Yeah. So uh, I think I think you sort of there are people that are getting tired. People who have supported this team. Uh, in, in the Spirit Squadron for years and years are just sort of looking at this saying, I, you know, I don't know if this is worth my time anymore. This team has become an embarrassment to me, and they're not trying, and they're not listening, and it's not getting better. Uh, so let's talk about what's not getting better. Uh, ben Olsen uh, appointed, I think this is, I, I'm look, I thinking chronologically, I believe Ben Olsen was appointed team president uh, titles are sort of squishy at the Spirit because, A, there are a lot of people. It's very similar to uh, DC United previously where one person would have seven jobs and they would get promotions and change change roles without anybody's really noting. Uh, it, it, suffice it to say he is the man in charge um, on, on almost all fronts, on the business side, on the sporting side, uh, all the things. So my first reaction to that was, cool. Awesome. I love Ben Olsen. I'm a huge Ben Olsen fan. And if there's a person who knows how to navigate, you know, choppy waters from an ownership perspective or a lack of investment perspective, it's him. It's great. And then he spoke to the offside. Or not the offside. Wow, that, that was that was not right. <laughs> the athletic. He the spoke athletic, to the athletic. Yeah. He didn't speak to the blog that I wrote for in 2005. <laughs> that would be cool, but he didn't. Um, uh, he gave an interview in... You know, and I've listened to now a couple of podcasts talking about the, the interview. And if you haven't read it yet, I advise you to read it. Uh, ben uh, sort of uh, sort of confirmed the suspicion from a lot of folks that this is a Steve hire, the Steve guy. Uh, the reporting on the hire was that Michelle Kang was not advised of this move, and she's a 35% owner, so you would assume that she would be, and or 30% owner, and she was not. Uh, so that's a bad first step. And the questions, the obvious questions were asked, sort of like, how do you how do you negotiate being appointed or or hired by an owner that is being investigated, that is uh, accusing his accusing his co-owner of like basically tampering? They fired a, filed a legal legal uh, league complaint on Michelle Kang for harassment, I believe was the mm-hmm. was the language. Uh, how do you deal with that? And he's basically just like, that's just noise. He was he was being he was being Ben Olsen, DC United soccer coach, or, uh, or or manager, where you go into the siege mentality and you just say you know we're gonna focus on what's in front of us and the, everything outside is noise and we're gonna just do our thing. Problem is, being a team president and being a public face, which you are extremely hired to be at this point. You are a public face. You are a human shield for Steve Baldwin. You you understand that when you take this job. Uh, you, the noise is what you what matters. <laughs> the noise the noise matters just as much as getting things right on the field, and you can't dismiss it all. Uh, you have to you have to embrace it and and fix it. He talked about listening to players. He talked wanted to talk to the senior players. He talked about listening to the fans to get an understanding. He was sort of cold and calculating about that, saying like, "Listen, some of the things the fans have uh, grievances of are reasonable and need to be addressed. Some of them." Maybe not, and I think you know that's true of anything, right? I think that there that that's that's sort of the way that goes. Is if you're a fan, you want all of your concerns to be heard and addressed because that's how this goes. But I think he was being he's being directly honest from that respect. He's like that is, uh, you know, 
we're not going to change everything that everything that we want to do just because there are some fans that are very against it. So points for honesty, but it's, I think from a PR perspective and a, like a charm offensive perspective, I think maybe that kind of honesty was maybe not super necessary from the jump. Maybe maybe a little bit of sugar, maybe a little bit of sugar based instead of the vinegar to start with. No, yeah, I. It, it, this this is I, I am more mad. I guess I'm more mad at Steve over this move than Ben, obviously, because it is it is it is painfully obvious what is happening here. Uh, this is a move that is designed to uh, d- distract. It's designed to kind of throw Ben out there. Designed to make me tweet, "Oh, sweet Ben, yeah. excellent." Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it works. it's you know it's it's designed to do all those things, and it's also designed. I think in a way, pe- people are. I think people were speculating. You know, oh, is this a way to? Um, is this a way to? Uh, to get the get spirit fan, get more like DC United fans into the spirit. And I said, well, I, I think actually what this is what this is designed to do is Steve is relying on the fact that a lot of people who follow the spirit and it's not all. I'm not going to say if you're a spirit fan, you're a DC fan, but there are definitely there's definitely some overlap, some overlap there. I think this is designed as, hey, see, we're going to give you a legend from DC who's going to come here. And, you know, you, you can't you can't you can't be criti- critical of him. How can you be how can you be mad at Ben? Um, that that is kind of what this feels like a little bit, uh, an attempt. Uh, but there, there there are some good points raised. It's a it's a another good old boy network. He has no. Ex- it's another it's another person you're bringing in now. I, I would say if he was brought in as a coach, he's very much more qualified than than Richie Burke. Uh, let's be clear. He actually has professional coaching experience, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, he has no experience on the women's side of the game. None. And and he admits that in the article. He's like, I, I don't have much, but I'm bringing you know, all these things. I think he do has. I think he would have been best to not say, not, maybe not mention that, but to highlight his connection to the D.C., to the D.C. area. Um, he did, but, too, but I think he leaned. I think he was too honest about uh, I'm learning on the job. Yeah, it, it, it definitely – and you know this is honestly not surprising for Ben. Um, I, I don't, you know, even throughout his tenure at DC, I, I think maybe uh, he's he's def. I, I don't. I'm not sure how well he was reading every. He maybe was aware of some of it, but I'm not sure he was really understanding of what's going on. And now he's kind of in it. And I, I think he take he took this as an opportunity because he wants to stay in DC. He loves to be in DC, and this gives him an, a sort of next step that he can sort of go for the next few years. Now the question becomes what happens if the when the, there has to be a resolution. There's going to be a resolution mm-hmm. to this Steve Baldwin Michelle King one way or another. My biggest fear is that the team says, you know what, Michelle, why don't you why don't we why don't why don't you go join this ownership group somewhere else and let's just let's just leave this alone. That's my biggest fear. Because I want Michelle Kang, you know, to own this team. I want her to run this team. Uh, especially after what happened and we'll get into the next part about this. But but to sort of wrap up my thoughts on Ben, I think he's being he, he he's being thrust into a situation that I'm not sure he he has to know now, but I'm not sure he was 100%, you know, ready for what for what was going to happen. Um, and now he's in there and the, the bad blood is not stopping. Things have arguably just gotten worse. And I feel like this also maybe was in preparation because now it's not Steve Baldwin talking about the spirits COVID things. It's Ben Olsen talking. Mm-hmm. Steve Baldwin's now no longer, no longer the, the, the front PR person. Um, so there's a lot about this that 
as much as I like Ben, there's a lot about this that I, I just don't like, and it, it just it just reeks of, of, of yeah, it, it smells bad. It just smells bad. That's all I can say. Yeah, I I think it gets better from here for him. I think that this was, uh, you know, I don't want to speculate sort of like what the thinking was. I think getting him out as soon as possible was that was the point. I think in the future, I think maybe he'll be a little bit more prepared for where not to go. Uh, and all, he he is not prepared. He was not prepared for NWSL Twitter. Yeah, he he wasn't. Uh, that is that is that is a a a, a minefield on top of uh, a volcano, and he was not prepared for that, and he got eaten alive. Uh, and now he's a little bit more behind the eight ball than he was even started. So uh, that is not the most important thing that happened in the last two weeks. Beyond that, uh, the Portland game this last previous Sunday. Uh, the Sunday before our last episode, I believe, right? Yes. No, yes. Uh, no game. We thought there'd be a game. I know that uh, I, I know that Doug from Rose City flew out to, to Portland for the game. Uh, I know the other, other fans did as well. Uh, we got news very, very close to game time. I think it was noon for a 5 o'clock kick that the game was uh, postponed. Not canceled, not forfeited at that point. Postponed. Due to a COVID outbreak among DC United players, or uh, among Washington Spirit players, why is that notable? Well, for a couple of reasons. It comes out after the fact that eight or nine players tested positive. That seems like a lot of players. Then we find out that the team is only about seventy percent vaccinated. That's not a lot of players vaccinated on the team. Then we find out, and this, and this is where reporting gets a little, a little bit hazy is that the equalizer, Jeff Kasouf, uh, I think I'm saying his name right, and I, hope I'm, I apologize if I'm not, is saying the team did not wait to get their PCR testing back for the game before they flew to Portland, and they got the results at, at they, as they were there. That's a big mistake. If that is, if that is what happened, Jason Anderson from Black and Red had different, had different sources that said that that was not the case. Uh, but that uh, foreshadows our next problem. Uh, so that was that was Sunday, uh, and then we said, "All right, well that's fine. We'll get back to action. We're gonna play the rain at home. Need to get points. Portland's gonna be a tough game anyway. It's gonna be rescheduled. That's fine. Uh, Ol rain's hot." Uh, uh, and then that game, well, you you kind of left out. You kind of left out. So so throughout all of this, you, you left out. There was a a random. I can't even remember the guy's name. Honestly, I think he he works for for uh, 106.7 The Fan. He's a radio broadcaster. Uh, Chris Russell. Chris Russell. The Rooster. Never find me another tweet where Chris Russell talks about the Washington Spirit. Not, Very suspicious beat right beat writer access there on that. I would say apparently has a and has a well known relationship with the with the owner Steve Baldwin. Uh, sends out a tweet for I think he was the first one to break about the outbreak. Was that right? Or mm-hmm. would or he he broke the story about the complaint, and then he also there was the the story where he apparently says that. Uh, it, he was saying, according to sources, that this was all part of a there was a dinner party thrown at the players' houses. Uh, I'm not going to say what he says in the tweet because the the insinuation of the tweet is uh, is rather on on the on the racist side uh, towards Michelle Kang, almost blaming Michelle Kang for the outbreak. Is it, wasn't it a virtual event also? Like they were doing this in their own apartments. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't, it didn't make, make a lot, a lot of, of sense. sense. And and then to drop that, you know, during a pandemic, uh, considering Michelle King is Asian, to to say and I'm gonna go. You know, I say it was a. She, he said it was a dumpling party. 
incredibly insensitive, which is, which is just, ridiculous on a, just, on a couple different fronts. Just, just unbelievable. It, that that to me was the most like, just the moment. I'm just like, what is what is going on here? And then and then I thought I thought this has to be bottom, right? This has to be bottom. Like this is rock bottom for the spirit. We have owners sniping at each other through unknown parts of the media, posting. Uh, giving out sources, posting very racially charged things towards other owners. Mm-hmm. What's next? I mean, there can't be anything else, right? No, yeah, Q, nothing Q, else. Q, 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 Q Sunday. Q Sunday. So, so Sunday, uh, we find out, in fact, oh, another game is another game is not going to be played. But this time, we're taking a 3-0 defeat to the rain. And it is not because of new outbreaks or anything else. It is that the league is basically throwing the hammer down mm-hmm. for a violation of protocols uh, by the team. So we don't know what that is yet. Still, no radio silence from from the organization, uh, at least publicly. Uh, we don't. We all we can do is speculate. It appears that the Equalizers reporting says that it was about the fact that they did not follow protocols for testing before they got on a plane. So. That that's why they got the hammer thrown on them, and, and reasonably so. If that's what they did, they deserved to to take to take the forfeit this week. They deserve to take the forfeit in the Portland game as well. Yes. Uh, I don't know that, that what what's going to happen with that yet, but it is rapidly spiraling out of control. the The frequency of issues with this team now are uh, there's too many. You can't you can barely keep up with them. I I forgot about the Chris Russell thing. Yes. Uh, because so much has happened in the last week since we've done a podcast. Uh, it, it is, has to be reaching a breaking point. Uh, I think that the challenge here is the commissioner uh, is not, Lisa Barrett is not, does not have a, uh, uh, she's not Roger Goodell, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe she has the universal banhammer authority to just be like, I have made decisions about this. We are changing this ownership group. Deloy, it was not. We're not. We've not reached Deloy Hansen levels of a full ownership, uh, like uh, league-wide ownership collusion about getting a guy out. I think that having multiple games canceled over two weeks might be the thing that gets the rest of the league. Like, all right, you're messing with our money now. Like, your problems are now. If, if I'm uh, if I'm Merritt Paulson, your screwing around has cost me money here in in Portland. This game was going to be our most attended game, and now it's not going to happen. So. I want I want the points, and then I want this stuff to stop because it's making the league look bad. So it's I feel like we're still waiting for the <laughs> for the first shoe to drop. We're still mm-hmm. waiting for the uh, investigation uh, into into the firing or or departure of Richie Burke and the hiring and all those things to come out. That's not out yet. Uh, so the bad news is not done. Uh, the PR nightmare for the spirit is not over yet. It's not it's, over. it's not over, and and it it, it did almost. I'm not gonna say we 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 learned some new I guess new little nuggets. Um, if you if you had the chance to check out um, Unfiltered with Kaya McCullough, who was a uh, player for the Spirit, uh, did not make an appearance, but came onto the show uh, and really really uh, just basically went went unfiltered and told about her experience with the with with the Spirit. And it, it is a uh, it is it is a is well worth a listen. Go listen to it. Um, it, it is not. There is obviously spirit drama. She she is very respectful of players. Um, she does not mention any players, uh, but she talked a lot about the the very toxic atmosphere. She she talked about uh, the coach that was fired for uh, inappropriate remarks 
that were made towards players and, and kind of how things were handled there and how he was sort of protected um, and how how Richie Burke really treated the players, uh, threatening their uh, threatening them with saying he was going to put them on waivers if they didn't play well. The the way he sort of divided between the the top eleven and the everybody else, and how he protected. Play, you know, we're, we're I'm going to go ahead and assume players like Ashley Sanchez, players like Ashley Hatch, the top top players were protected, and then your sort of second string players were were sort of the the uh, the receivers of abuse. Um, he even referred to she sorry she even referred to. Um, and I'm trying to remember, she talked about an incident in the Challenge Cup where a player was not having a good game. And and I feel like I feel like I know who that player was that would just like first appearance did not look well in, in that game. And uh, the the way the players were kind of like tensed up in the stands and like, we, you know, we're not going to you know, we're, we're not going to anyway, go listen to it. Uh, it's it's well worth a listen. Uh, there's a lot of spirit stuff in there and there's a lot of stuff that. Um, I would not be surprised if what if this is what we're seeing across the entire league. Uh, and I think it really shows how unqualified Richie Burke was to be hired, uh, how the NWSL really needs to start um, thinking that there was an interesting thing when, when she said, she said, you know, basically what you're doing is you're putting sort of a, a you're creating a gender imbalance and that you're putting a man in power of female players and their livelihoods. And giving him that power, and he is abusing that power, and and being relentlessly abusive with that power. Uh, and she made a point. She said, "You know, I've played under tough coaches. I played at UCLA, very tough program. This was another level." And she was very much trying to get that point across. And I thought she did an excellent job doing it. Um, so go listen to it. Um, it's 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 well worth a listen. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to it, John? Or are you about fifteen minutes of it? I was. I didn't get a chance to finish it all. But yeah, I will go back and do so. I had to drive 20 minutes from a soccer field, so I was like, "All right, put this on and just listen to it." So, uh, it's 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 certainly certainly um, certainly worth listening. Yeah, that that podcast is called Unfiltered, right? By by Kai McCullough. We'll mm-hmm. put a link to it in the show notes. Why not? We'll put it in the show notes uh, to this episode, so you can find it. We have some people asking about it, so check that out. She yeah. uh, she was she if she didn't go on the record, I don't think any of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think better better for all that she did. You know, just to sort of wrap up the spirit stuff is it is getting I'm glad that I'm just now I'm just sort of covering the team uh, and I'm not a long suffering fan uh, of the franchise. Uh, This would this would be a very, very depressing month uh, for for me as a spirit fan and would definitely make me question uh, my my recommitting to this franchise going forward. Uh, There is a lack of communication, transparency, and even the transparency that we've had from the Ben Olsen interview was the wrong kind of transparency. They've got to figure something out pretty soon uh, or they're going to, they may not lose their big, their big purchasers of tickets, right? The sweet, the sweet, the sweet owners may not be affected by some of this stuff and the season ticket base overall maybe will not be affected. But uh, I think teams realize when you hollow out your base of most committed supporters, it hurts you. Even if it even if it doesn't hurt your pocketbook, it hurts you in every other way. Uh, and they had they had a PR misstep with the sign, uh, with the sell the team Steve sign, and their reaction to it. And I think they knew it that day that they made a mistake. Um, they they've got to have some wins here, not just on the field, but they've got to have some. I think it will hopefully begin with. I don't think it'll begin with uh, a change in ownership. I think that's likely to take a little bit of while now, but I think it will start with the 
releasing of the findings from the report. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they will be damning, and it will matter very much how they react to it, what, what definitive steps they take, uh, and then what steps they put in place so that this stuff doesn't happen again. What are your hiring processes look like going forward for this new coach? What are uh, what are the H- HR HR knew what was going on and this was like a third strike for 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 Richie supposedly. Um, what what are we gonna do to improve that? Um, it, it, it's it's a whole mess. I want them to. They the, the bummer is that this season on the field looked like it was gonna be really promising at the start. They have tailed off. Uh, even before they are likely to probably lose six points in the standings and not play games, uh, but they 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 have tailed off uh, on the field, and I cannot imagine. All right, I, I I can't imagine that this hasn't taken a toll on 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 their mentality, on their cohesiveness, on their ability and desire to to go out there and lay it all on the line for this team. So it's a it's a it's a disaster all across the board for Spirit fans for the club for the results for the season. I would not be surprised to see them sort of flag out of this uh, playoffs picture. Um, and and, they're, and and until they get it straight, and it's going to take a while, good luck for them to sort of attract players. The laundry, the dirty laundry is now out there. It's visible to anybody that was coming in before. Before, some of it was kind of a, uh, I don't want to say like a, like a little, a, not a secret, but like wasn't really known, wasn't really widely available. And now it is. So uh, so good luck. Good luck bringing in the top players from Europe that you want to bring in. And uh, also, SMC Ultra talked about Plex Weather's last two podcasts. Jason has done a great job. Uh, Molly Hensley was one of the episodes. And uh, Steph, Steph Yang, I think, from The Athletic was the other one. I listened to them both in the last day. Uh, very, very good. I advise you to check those out. Yeah, sorry, you can't. Uh, I think you can't post links to other podcasts in our Twitch uh, chat, SMC Ultra. I think it's like some sort of <laughs> Twitch, Twitch, uh, Twitch rules. Not really. Uh, yeah, but 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 we can. I, I I just posted a link to the to the unfiltered. Um, I can I can go it's, grab. It's, I can go it's grab. Proof. I can go grab the uh, the 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 Plex Weather Show. Um, as I fix my camera there, which is. Doug Doug says, "What kills me is that there's amazing players and good people here, also whose careers are being stifled badly by this." I, Doug, I think you're right, and I think those players that have the ability to put pressure on the league to move them, potentially uh, allocated players, U.S. players, players that are young stars, uh, potentially that would love to relocate to Los Angeles, for instance. And I don't even want to think about the possibility of that. Uh, but uh, an Ashley Sanchez that maybe wants to go and ply her trade in the sunny state where there's not as much cold or heat or cold in the winter <laughs> and extreme heat in the summer, uh, I, I would want to get out of here unless things drastically turned around very, very quickly. Um, so that's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, you look at this team and the, the this should have been this should have been the year where we where we have been taught and we first beginning of the year we were talking about how great you know how great ashley uh, ashley sanchez looked how great trinity rodman looked how 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 bright the future looked for this team and even with those players you know do they even want to stay here uh you know i, I think right now uh trinity you know actually obviously ashley sanchez signed a new contract um so she's conceivably here but as soon as you know, maybe the U.S. national team comes calling. You know, who knows? Maybe she wants to get out of the year. I, I don't know. Maybe she regrets signing that contract. And Ashley, yeah, Ashley signed that after. So that was that was in the works at the beginning of the year, and she waited until recently. So 
maybe we're wrong about, I mean, it's stifling some of the players, but maybe we're wrong about what some players are willing to deal with as far as mm-hmm. like, you know, we'll see. We've had no player availability. Uh, we've had no coach availability since the first, since, since the post game, um, you get post game stuff, but you know, no, no midweek availability. Uh, and obviously the players are, are being very kept very close. Uh, and there's obviously an investigation going on, so they can't say much, but, uh, it will be interesting when finally the sort of the restrictions are taken off and these players, uh, if they ever can, can sort of really speak their mind about what, what, what things have gone on, how they felt about it and, and then what they want to see in the future. Uh, a players' union, once it gets fully constituted with the CBA, will be key to having those players' voices really be respected and heard uh, in a way that they are not right now. Yeah, and, and you have to hope. I, I, I do wonder, you hear all of this, and it looks like so you have an HR department within the team. Um, in other leagues, you look at what happened with Atlanta and, and how they were denied water and they had a avenue. They filed a grievance with the league, so it was almost a way to go above sort of above the team. And and it, it seems rather clear to me that that process doesn't exist in, in the NWSL. Or at least it's not well known that the players had, you know, had an avenue to file a grievance, um, you know, against Richie Burke, against the assistant coach to make sure that something is registered publicly and he doesn't just get to be protected like that. That coach w- went on to, to be hired uh, at uh, Nova FC, which was going to be a, a W League team. And basically they announced him and they announced him as the coach and then had to very much backtrack and let him go uh, yep. and put out a statement. Um, so, you know, those those are the types of things that, you know, when you protect people like that, they tend to then get jobs in the future. And, and we're seeing it also as well with what's happened with the with the other hire at the Spirit as well. Um, so it, it's I, I forget the guy's name, uh, but the other one for the coach from from North Carolina. So th- Anson Dorrance. Yes. Uh, Dorrance. So. You know, and, and you look at the – and then you all I, – I, I almost want to – we talked a lot about the players. What do we make of the, the unvaccinated? I, I want to briefly – what do we make of the players not being vaccinated? How do we how, – how do I mean, we reconcile I mean, that? Like, I mean, they aren't in the NFL. They aren't in Major League Baseball if they don't want to. They aren't in uh, – although maybe now with the new – with Joe Biden's announcement on last one. Yeah, about I thought unpl- about that. I really thought about that. I was like, wait a minute. So now it's 100 employees. Like, is sports exempted in that role? But I doubt that they are. And I do, think, do the spirit have 100 employees is the next question. I think it would be probably NW – I think since it's single, it's single entity operator, yeah. it would probably just be the end. So I think probably that might be that. Might be that. Uh, what do I think about it? I mean – that is such a, it's, 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 it's a challenging question to answer without getting into a much broader conversation. But I feel like, uh, I think Steph said it on the podcast with, uh, with Jason this week is that there's only so much you can do. And studies have shown public sort of public health people and doctors have, have said that going after someone for not getting vaccinated and calling them stupid, calling them selfish, calling them all these things will almost guarantee you that they will not get the shot at this point. The only thing you can do is come in a position of care and talk about how you care about the person. Here's why you want this to get done. Here's why it's important that you do this so that we can, as a group, go together and be safer and go and do the things we want to do to succeed. That's the only way it's going to get done. People attacked Ben's answer about that. All that he can do is give them information. That's all he can do yeah. because there is no compulsion from the league to make that happen. The bully pulpit is not going to make those people get vaccinated. If they have not done it by now, they have heard every argument 
in the book telling them that they're dumb to not do it. The only way you can do it is the, is the way that I talked about before. So that's that's all I'd say about it. Or or an actual an actual mandate from the government if you're employees of a certain size. Sure, and, we'll see about and, that. Right? Yeah, and and I think that's the only other way you can do it. Um, I, I there have been a few social media tweets where people are like. I don't want to get. I didn't want to get the vaccine, but now I'm going to lose my job, and I can't afford to do that. And they go and get the vaccine. Not that I think. Unfortunately, I, I don't. I don't believe in the idea that that necessarily should be held over people. That you know, their livelihood and their ability to to live being tied to their job. Um, that's that's something that's pretty pretty terrible. What we see in this country, uh, but you know, that is that is becoming almost the. It, it, it's almost becoming the. It's 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 time now. Look, it's it's time. This is becoming a huge issue. I think I think the thinking was in the summer everybody gets vaccinated and if enough people do it then you know it reduces the transmission and then you know it doesn't matter how many people don't at that point because transmission is gone now they're finding that it doesn't stop transmission it's still out there so i think that's changing the focus of of what we need to do to get people vaccinated so and there's there's some people in the comments here that are talking about the fact that you know cvs is their sponsor Mm -hmm. so it makes it even more glaring the league the team and this i got this from from plexweather again uh, the, the team had a public availability for to them to get their shots via CVS after practice. They didn't even have to leave the they didn't have to leave the field. They finished practice and before they go to their car, they would have got the shot and then they would have had the next day off. So if they had any symptoms from uh, or any side effects, they wouldn't even have to worry about it. Some players still chose not to do it. There's you can only lead a horse uh, to water <laughs> situation here until they're until they're compelled. That's all you can do. Uh, it's unfortunate. It hurt their team here. I think also it looks like team administrators also kind of hurt their team here by not uh, maybe following the right protocols. So it's it was a failure up and down, really. I, I do wonder. I do wonder if this will, if this will hopefully seeing the repercussions might be like the team might be like I I could see honestly, and, and maybe that's what it takes, and maybe some star players go. If the team comes in and says, "Look, either you get the shots, or we're going to look for we're going to look for a trade, or that's it," um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the only way to do it. And again, I don't want to use fear, and I, I don't want to say that. I think I agree with you. You need to come at it. Um, but again, it's also you know we we've seen players in MLS get traded, get moved. Yep. Um, we've seen player uh, look at uh, for Toronto FC, Nick DeLeon. I, I don't think he's making many appearances for Toronto. I'm not even sure. Uh, at least I, I haven't watched too many Toronto games. They're pretty bad, but uh, he's having issues being able to travel, and he refused to get the vaccine. Um, and so that that that's the real world consequence uh, of this. Because uh, if you have an outbreak, it it hurts your team, and it hurt the spirit here badly. They are the they are the only team I think in the COVID era to forfeit a game uh, in in the United States because of a COVID outbreak. Um, they won't be the only one. I think I think we might see that more. The NFL season is going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mentioned here in the comments that uh, those leagues are are being a much more uh, punitive for for both teams and players who choose not to do it. I think there is a lot more challenges with the NWSL, both from a uh, lack of lack of collective bargaining agreement uh, and also just sort of. I mean, the NWSL like league office staff. There's like five people that work for the league. Mm-hmm. Like five or seven, uh, so like administration stuff like this is just very hard for them to to get together quickly. I'm wondering. I mean, not only they're the first team to lose a game or a forfeit a game, they're gonna probably end up forfeiting twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the international break is coming, I guess. So at least there's that. So hopefully they can get their they can get their stuff together so they don't have to forfeit any more games. 
Uh, but just a disastrous month for this team. Like, it rivals any, ba- any bad month that any team has had ever for anything. And it just, it's... It's now not a question of, is this the bottom? This feels like the bottom, but who knows? I mean, right now, this this ownership situation is not resolved. I think that's the only way we finally sort of start to crawl out of this is when that gets resolved. Um, because I, I think I think there's, I feel like there's going to be another shoe to drop. Uh, we didn't even talk about, by the way, the we have the NWSL expansion draft rules. Oh, yeah. That came out where uh, you can only protect nine players. You, can, you have certain positions. That's going to be fun. I can't wait for that to come out. Which players are designated which position? Uh, is is Ashley Sanchez a midfielder or a forward? Where is she going to fall? You know, there, there's a, there's soccer is not a sport. It's not like you have a quarterback, you have a design position, you have players on the field. I mean, you would have called Annie Nahar a right winger or a wing back. He's been playing center back, so that's that's how fluid uh, fluid positions are in NWSL. But uh, j- just weird rules all all around uh, on on the expansion draft, and I think it's going to be interesting to see. Who the team protects, particularly now that we know, you know what we know. Could a player be like, "Expose me! I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, I, I want to be out." I don't know that they could do that. I'm I, I actually, I actually thought, I actually thought that um, that Ashley uh, Sanchez might want to go back home. She's from, I know she's from the California area, so going back to play at LA, that was my biggest fear uh, until she signed the new contract. It seemed like maybe the team, and also Trini Rodman, I think is from that area as well. So that's another that's another thing to watch, I think, for, for this team at coming up in the expansion draft. It would absolutely be terrible. We we, we we saw this team, you know, after their championship run, which I, I followed uh, pretty pretty intently, uh, and then this watch them collapse, uh, and then to see it sort of to see this happen again, I think would be uh, very disheartening after you kind of felt like they were setting themselves up to be a team that could really compete in the future. So um I think some people would speculate. Do you? I mean, are the Spirit going to be here next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll be here. They'll be here. Yeah. They'll be here. They, they uh, this team doesn't have enough. Or this league doesn't have enough franchises to to move another one around again. I think it's gonna. I I, I think Steve Baldwin will be pressured to sell his shares. Uh, he's not the only one that has problems, right? Bill Lynch is not anybody's favorite owner either, and he has another thirty percent. Uh, this is, you know, it's it's tough. You, getting someone to, compelling someone to uh, make a sale of a, of a thing that they don't want to sell without a crime technically being permitted mm-hmm. is very challenging to do. Uh, Deloy Hansen is a, an exception of the rule. Uh, what was the guy, what was the guy that owned the Clippers? Donald Sterling? Donald Sterling, yep. Yeah. So we need, a, we need like a, a, that is, a, there needs to be a, such a public outroar. And the, I think, honestly, the thing that hurts the... Spirit fans is that the Spirit and NWSL don't register very highly on like national television and, and like the that that perspective. Like if 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 this stuff if the stuff that had happened here in the last month for the Spirit happened, uh, I would I was gonna say Washington football team, but they have their own problems. But like on, in a different league, I think that the owners probably would have been pushed out a little bit faster because the the coverage would have been relentless. Uh, and there would have been no escape, and it would have hurt their bottom line. And right now, I don't think their bottom line is is getting affected very much. That's really the only thing that ever causes people to move is yeah. money. Yeah, and I think it's it's yeah. I I, I think the the spirit. I, I think it's going to be like you said. I think it's going to be the all the owners coming together and saying, Steve, you need to you need to you need to move this on. You need to move this product on. Um, and and you're hurting our bottom line with how this is being run. 
you know, we're, this is affecting games. This is affecting our ability to attract owners, ability to attract players by having this type of thing. Um, th- this league, I, I, I will tell you, I will tell you, uh, be, be watching what the, what the Women's Super League is doing in, in England. Be watching what's going on in Europe. Uh, be watching the, the Women's UEFA Champions League. Uh, because you know, right now NWSL can kind of ride on the fact that uh, you know all the U.S. women's players here, the best players in the world, they're able to sort of you know attract and bring in players. Uh, that that's going to change. That's going to change rapidly. I think. I think you're going to have all these clubs like Chelsea, like Manchester United, like uh, that. That basically, and Manchester United might be a bad example, but um, all these clubs that are owned by very rich owners, and uh, they they don't care how much money they lose they will spend the money i mean to them even the money they're losing is not is not that much compared to to what they have what they have to gain uh from it and and the long run for for sort of putting on a product that's that's successful um and that's something to to keep in mind as nwsl is is standing on up because because of the women's national team and, and how successful they have been and, and if that ever wanes, then you are going to see a mass exodus if they don't get their. Not act even together. just the big teams, man. Yeah. There, there are there are other teams in the second tier that are still going to pay more than the NWSL is if you're not on a, uh, on a on a on a national team contract. So be be afraid of a lot of different teams. I think that they, particularly as soon as you're free, as soon as you're contractually free to move. Uh, and de- players don't sign long-term deals, deals if you can avoid it. <laughs> if you can, if you can figure out a way to not to do it, uh, that that's a threat for this for this league. I mean, the biggest, the, I mean, the biggest thing right now is that the the women U.S. women's players are contracted. Even though I think I think there's some weird. It's not like they, they used to be they had to play in NWSL. Now that's a little bit different. Um, and I think they still have the advantage that you know. While some players sure want to go to England, like Tobin Heath, like Crystal Dunn, like Alex Morgan, to experience that, uh, they still very much want to be at home and they want to be, you know, in front of their friends and family. They want to be playing. Right. Uh, I asked Ashley Sanchez about it. Did she want to go? And she doesn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, I asked. I think a couple other players I've asked sort of that, and there's not a big desire. It's not the same, right? It's not the. Whereas if you ask any player on DC United, what do you want to be? They want to go to Europe, without fail, hundred percent, no mm-hmm. matter who they are. Uh, it's not the case so far on the spirit. So that's yeah. a, that's another interesting wrinkle when we look at freedom of movement and yeah. stuff like that. All right. I think that's going to do it. I think we, we've digested enough. Uh, thank you My all so, so much. Hurts. We had a week <laughs> of not talking this much. I'm tired. Yep. And now uh, and now we're going to get back into it. we got a lot of DC action, hopefully positive DC action to talk about. Um, we'll let you guys know we're, we're, we're talking about um, doing, doing a post game to be to be fully back into that mood. Uh, obviously, we're going to have our shows on Monday. Uh, check us out. Uh, join us on Patreon. Subscribe. Join us on uh, Twitch with your free Prime scholarship. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you guys uh, whenever we come back to do this crazy thing we do. <laughs> no, later, no later than next Monday. Hopefully before that. All right. Vamos. Vamos.